This evening, if the Lord will, I'd like to give you an overview of this blessed little book, Ruth, that Brother Tyler just read from. Now, Ruth is one of two books in the Bible that has a woman's name. There's the book of Ruth and the book of Esther. Now, Ruth, she's in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, when you read Matthew, you'll find her there in the genealogy of our Lord. And all you can do when you read her name is marvel. Indeed, we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, Ruth is in this genealogy of Christ to show us that God saves Gentiles. Indeed, the, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. In so many blessed places in God's word, our Lord and God sets forth that his sheep are not just found among the Jews, but also among the Gentiles. Our Lord declares, Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Now the book of Ruth is about our Lord Jesus Christ. When our Lord said, The scriptures are they which testify of me, he was including this blessed little book, Ruth. Now, this word kinsman that you'll find in the book of Ruth, that's the key to unlocking the gospel contained in this book. Have you ever heard on the news that the next of kin haven't been notified? That means the closest in the family have not been notified. That's what kinsman means. Someone who is closest to us. And so this word kinsman speaks of Christ, our Redeemer kinsman. I'd like to show you what I'm talking about. If you'll look there in Ruth chapter 2 and look there in verse 1. We read in God's word, these words, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And if you look down there in verse 20, we read, And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, for hath not, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. So the near kinsman is the one who has the right to redeem. If you look there in chapter 3, verse 9, we read these words. And he said, Who art thou? Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. The near kinsman is the one who has the right to redeem. And look there in chapter 3, verse 9. Well, I've, I've, I've skipped ahead with my verses here. Well, look down there where we are right there in, in Ruth uh, chapter 3 and verse 12. And we read these words. 
And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Now, this pictures for us our debt to the law because of Adam's disobedience. Beloved, somebody's got to pay off the debts to justice so we can be redeemed. We were put into debt in Adam, put into debt by nature. Indeed, we sold our inheritance and were put into debt by choice. Now, in Leviticus, we read, If thy brother was waxen poor and hath sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. Now, those words were written to testify of the Lord Jesus Christ, to show us our blessed Redeemer, our near kinsman, indeed our Redeemer kinsman from all eternity, that we were given to him in the covenant of God's purposed grace. Beloved, our Heavenly Father never looked to us for anything. Rather, He only looked to His Son, the eternal Son of God, to pay the debt, and He has paid it all. The Father only and ever looks to His Son to redeem us. Indeed, the only person who could ever possibly do anything for us was the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why He bought us, to free us from the law, giving us freedom through his perfect righteousness and life. Now, there was a man named Elimelech. He lived in Bethlehem, which is part of Judah. And so because there was a famine in the land, he took his wife, Naomi, and his two sons, Malon and Chilion, and they went down into Moab. Now, Moab was an ungodly, wretched country, but they went there anyway because of this famine. And so they stayed there a long time, but while they were down there in Moab, Elimelech died. So Naomi was left a widow. Her two sons married, a woman named Orpah and a woman named Ruth. But then both her sons died. And so here we find these three widows, Ruth, Orpah, and their mother-in-law, Naomi. Now, when Naomi hears there's bread once again, back up there in Bethlehem, Judah, she says, I'm going home. And she started home. In fact, she told her daughter-in-laws to stay down in Moab. Just stay here among your own kinsfolk, among your own people, among your own gods. This is where you need to stay. Now, Orpah heeded Naomi's words and kissed her goodbye. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave your side. You look there in Ruth chapter 1, beginning there in verse 15. And Naomi said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. In other words, go stay in Moab. Stay down here among your kinsfolk and your own gods. Verse 16. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. Now listen to Ruth's confession. For whether thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so do to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee in me. What a confession. Beloved, do you know why she said that? God put those words in her heart. God put those words in her mouth. 
Indeed, God put that spirit in her because our God purposed for Ruth to be the grandmother of David who is going to have the kingdom given to him everlastingly. Indeed, an everlasting kingdom for our everlasting king, Christ Jesus the Lord, now sits on God's throne. And so when you read the genealogy of Christ, we learn that Ruth was a descendant of our Lord Jesus Christ as pertaining to the flesh. It says here in verse 19 of Ruth chapter 1, So they went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? Naomi's countenance had so changed they couldn't believe it was her. Verse 20. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. God did this to me. God brought me to this end. God took my husband. He took my two sons. She says there in verse 21, I went out full, and now the Lord hath brought me home empty. That's the way we are, beloved. We go down into Moab, this fallen world. We get full, and the Lord brought us back empty. We went down there, and we came up in bitterness. All right, if you look there in the latter part of verse 21, Naomi's speaking here, and she says, Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me? The Almighty hath afflicted me. Beloved, the Word of God testifies against us. God Himself testifies of us in the Scripture, saying, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Beloved, it is our God that brings us to affliction. Verse 22. And so Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. So here comes this woman. She went out happy, beautiful and full, and she came back bitter, poor, and weary, and empty. And beloved, that's us and Adam. Look at Adam. Adam was put in paradise. The first created man, fresh from the hand of God. One who communed with God every day. Adam was created in the very image of God. God raised him up to be a son, and instead he became a slave. Through his disobedience, he made us all slaves. Adam was created to be the king, the lord of this earth, but he became a beggar. Oh, what a fall. Adam was created in pleasantness, dwelt in paradise, and lacked for nothing. He was full. But now Adam and all his race are full of emptiness, corruption, misery, and death. In Adam, our race was to be blessed. But now, because of his disobedience, Adam's race is cursed. God created him full, and now all of Adam's race are born empty and dead. But God, who is rich in mercy... 
for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, even when we were dead in Adam, dead by birth, dead by the sins of our choice, our Heavenly Father hath quickened us together with Christ. Beloved, by grace are ye saved. Though in Adam were empty, beloved, in Christ, by God's undeserved grace, <laughs> we are made full. In Christ, we are complete and we lack nothing. In Adam, we're cursed, but in Christ, we're blessed. Look there in verse 1 of Ruth chapter 2. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. Verse 2, chapter 3. Pick it up, verse 2. Yeah, rather, verse 3. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. Now listen to this. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Look what happens there in, in the next verse, verse 5. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? Whose damsel is this? Now, this field is full of women. San lleno de mujeres. There are a lot of widows there. Muchos viudos. Muchos pobres. Pobre gente. Lots of poor people out there cleaning in the field. But Boaz took notice of one certain woman, one particular woman. Boaz ha notado una mujer particular. <laughs> Boaz wants to know who's that woman? Who does she belong to? Who is that damsel over there on my field? Now bear this in mind. Boaz has fields all over the place, fields full of reapers, and out of all of the ones he could have stopped at, he stopped at this one. You see, Naomi and Ruth have no inheritance. They come back and they have nothing. They've come back and they're poor. They come back as beggars. Now, in Leviticus, it's written in the law that when you reap a field, you're to leave the corners so that the poor can come in there and get something to eat. God's word declares, When you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of, the, of thy field when thou reapest. Neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. And so Ruth went out there to glean with the poor. She was in poverty. And in God's saving providence... She came to where the grace of God was, to where Boaz was. Beloved, God's people need to go where they can find grace. Now, you're not going to find grace in most places. You're not going to find grace, the grace of God out there staring up at the stars. You're not going to find grace in yourself. 
In fact, you're not going to find the grace of God anywhere or in anything. No, my friend, if, you're, if you find grace in the eyes of the Lord, you'll find yourself sitting under the sound of the gospel. God having mercy on you, God speaking to you, God revealing himself to you in Christ through the preaching of the gospel. My friend, you've got to go to where the Lord's people are. And when you go there, come in among God's people like Ruth, like a poor reaper. Come in poor. Come in destitute. Come in gleaning. Come in with nothing. Come in empty. I heard of one of God's poor people. He came into God's field and the Lord taught him with just a little kernel of barley from his word. The preacher declared, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God saves his people on purpose. And with that one little kernel from God's word, that man was saved. Beloved, the Lord walks to where his people are at. And if you're his, you'll have, he'll have you not only walking with him, but also among his people. That's where the Lord is at. Boaz had compassion on Ruth even before she knew who he was. She didn't know he was Boaz. Indeed, there stood there one right in front of her and she knew him not. She didn't know that this was her kinsman redeemer. Not at that time anyway. Beloved, our Lord Jesus Christ had compassion on us. He loved us. He chose us before the world was ever made. He loved us from eternity. Indeed, God's love for his elect is an everlasting, eternal love, a distinguishing love, and he loved us before we knew him, while we were yet sinners in this world. Keep your place in Ruth, and look there with me in Isaiah chapter 43. This blessed portion of God's Word sets forth how He loved us and all He has done for us. In God's saving providence, the Lord had Ruth to glean on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. She didn't know who Boaz was, let alone which field belonged to him. Ruth's sure hope was, I shall find grace. And grace found her. Isaiah 43, verse 1. We read here what the Lord does for us, his beloved people. But now saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. Notice God's word doesn't say, fear not, for I have tried to redeem thee, or I, I made redemption possible, or I redeemed everybody. No, beloved. God's word sets forth ever so blessedly, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, who art mine. What name? Jacob, thee, O Israel. Beloved, this bespeaks of our refuge in Christ. In verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. 
When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame kindle on you. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Now listen, listen to this part. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee, since thou was precious in my sight. Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Beloved, God is going to save his people, and he's going to do whatever is necessary to save them. What a beautiful picture of God's saving providence. As the fields of Bethlehem belong to Boaz, so too this world belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, our Lord Jesus Christ is going to get his people out of his field. He's going to redeem his people. Indeed, as the angel of the Lord declares, he shall save his people from their sins. Look there again in Ruth chapter 2. We read here in verse 3, two little words. Her hap. Her hap. That according to God's purpose, grace in Christ, it was hers to be on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. And that wasn't by chance, beloved. <laughs> beloved, God is going to graciously bring his elect to where he'll be gracious to them. He's going to see to it that all things work for the good of his people the called according to his purpose. He's going to get his people. Indeed, not one of them will be lost. Verse 7. And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, it is the Moabitish with damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Now verse 8. Look here what Boaz says to her. Verse 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. I have not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee. Beloved, this bespeaks of the Lord preserving us and protecting us. God says, Touch not mine anointed. All right, pick up there in the latter part of uh, verse 9. And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. And then look what happened next in verse 10. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground. My friend, that's what you ought to do if Christ should ever speak to you. Ruth said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me 
seeing I am a stranger. Verse 15, And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. Don't you dare shame her. Verse 16, And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was about an FF of barley. Now that's a lot of barley. According to what I read, that's about 90 cups or about 30 pounds of barley. Why is that detail of plenty there? Because, beloved, our Lord is plenteous in mercy, plenteous in redemption. Be sure you mark this down. The Lord is going to provide for His people. Now, as we read earlier, according to the law of God given to Israel, if a man was poor and he sold his possessions, if he sold his inheritance and he had a kinsman who was willing and able to, the kinsman could buy back his lost inheritance. Look there in verse 18. And she took it up, that FF of barley, and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee, And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, That man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her, Daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living. She was still alive and to the dead, and her husband was dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen the one who has the right to redeem. But Ruth didn't know that. And so Naomi, in chapter 3, Naomi tells Ruth what she has to do. She must go to the threshing floor, for she believed Boaz would be in the threshing floor, that near kinsman. And she was to go in there and humble herself, lie down at his feet, and spend the night there. And Naomi told Ruth, He'll tell you what you should do. And Ruth did what Naomi told her to do. Now just imagine what it was like for her to humble herself like that. To put herself in this situation. She says, you watch him. You watch him where he lays down. And when he lays down, you go then and lay down at his feet. And when you lay at his feet, this is the place where you will humble yourself. My friend... That's where you need to be, at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember the woman with an issue? She said, if I can but get down and touch the hem of his garment. Beloved, where was the hem? At his feet. And so here she comes. Here's a picture of true repentance. She went in where Boaz was and she laid down at his feet. Look what it says there in Ruth chapter 3, verse 8. And it came to pass at midnight that that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. 
And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. And this is what Ruth said. Spread thou, therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Ruth was saying to Boaz, You can take me. You're the kinsman. You've got the right to redeem me. You've got the right to take me. You've got the right to pay for me, and I'm humbling myself here at your feet. I'm here humbling myself, giving myself up to you to do with me what you will. And look what he says to her in verse 10. And Boaz said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed me more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. So she stayed there all night long. Beloved, a sinner who needs mercy, a sinner who needs mercy will always be found at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like when Mary kissed the Lord Jesus Christ, she washed his feet with her tears, wiped them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet. Beloved, every sinner that's ever come to Christ starts right there at his feet. They don't kiss him like the traitor Judas Iscariot. No, beloved, they fall down and worship him, kissing his feet. My friend, if you ever come to his feet, that's where you'll want to stay. You want to always stay at the feet of your blessed kinsman redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. The natural man, the self-righteous man, is way too proud to bow to the feet of Christ. And Ruth told Boaz what she wanted. Take me as your handmaid. And he said, I'll do whatever you require. Look there in verse 11. And now, my daughter, fear not. Don't be afraid. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. I'll do what you require, but there's a kinsman nearer than I. I got to deal with first. Now, what's Boaz talking about here? What does this detail in God's word mean? Beloved, Christ will and must be a merciful Savior. However, our Lord could save no one until he first dealt with the law and justice of God. God must be just, especially so when he justifies sinners. And that's why we were justified freely by his grace, by our kinsman redeemer. Look what happened there in chapter 4, verse 1. Then went up Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee. I wanted you to know, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me, that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee. And I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Beloved, the justice of God must be addressed first. 
That is, the law of God has got us in bondage. Who is going to pay this debt? Who is going to buy back our inheritance? Who is going to buy back the inheritance we lost in Adam? Who is going to pay for it? Who is going to redeem us? Who is going to do it? Verse 5. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem now my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. The nearest kinsman said, I'm not going to do that, because it will mar my inheritance. Verse 8, Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And with that, the nearest kinsman ends all his claims to the inheritance and to Ruth and gave the claim that right to redeem, that right to the inheritance, redeem the inheritance and marry Ruth to Boaz. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ has done the same thing for us. For the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. Beloved, our kinsman redeemer, he is risen. He is Lord. He's gained for himself a mighty kingdom, for he is God himself. Indeed, our kinsman redeemer is of great wealth. Beloved, do you have any idea how wealthy our Lord Jesus Christ is? All things are his. Beloved, when God's word says, indeed, when God's word sets forth, the Father has given all things into his hands. That's exactly what it means. All things are his. Indeed, all things were created by him and are for him. All the fullness of grace and glories are his. Beloved, as Boaz loved Ruth, so Christ loved us, without any cause whatsoever found in us. Look what happened there. Uh, Boaz Verse 10, Boaz took Ruth to wife. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. And all of you are witnesses this day. Verse 13, so Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. Whose name is going to be famous in Israel? His descendants, this man, this child? Verse 14. Rather, verse uh, 15. And, she, and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. Beloved, the Redeemer kinsman, first of all, had to be a blood relative. Our Lord Jesus Christ is flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone. 
He had to have the money to redeem the inheritance. He had to pay the price. And then thirdly, he had to be willing to redeem that inheritance. He might have been a blood relative. He might have the money. But if he isn't willing, what good would that do? That kinsman who drew off his shoe, he wasn't willing to do it. He wasn't willing to marry the deceased wife of the deceased kinsman. Beloved, our Lord Jesus Christ, he is our near kinsman because he became one with us, sharing our nature. He didn't take upon himself the nature of angels. No, beloved, he took upon himself the seed of Abraham. And the Lord was able to pay the price demanded. Beloved, he paid the price with his precious blood and his perfect righteousness to God's holy law. And not only was he able to pay the price, he was willing to pay the price to redeem us. Willing to take upon himself the judgment of God on Calvary's cross. It was there he bore all our sins in his own body on the tree. And then he was willing to take us and make us his bride. You know, often in a marriage ceremony you hear for better or for worse, for richer or poorer. Our Lord Jesus Christ married his bride like, like no husband ever has. For poor, for worse. <laughs> and yet, he married her. Paul wrote there in Ephesians, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. He said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Now, when Paul is writing here of this marriage, he's speaking about the great mystery concerning Christ and his church, how that he gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, presenting it to himself holy and without blemish. Beloved, Go to his feet. Go to his feet. Go to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and lay thee down and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Our Lord declares, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Amen.